Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossman, Rock Tosopoulos, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crider, Daily Stripe. It is May. It is Monday. It is May 8th, to be exact, 2023. Let's start in the NBA. Let's start with the Shovies. Matt Ishbia, little shove from the two-time back-to-back former reigning MVP of the NBA, Nikola Jokic. Shoved Ishbia in the stands, got teed up was not ejected, proceeded to score 53 points in their loss against the Phoenix Suns. I want to get you guys takeaways from the game. Uh, should he have been suspended? Ishbia came out and said he doesn't want, he wants no suspension. He wants them to continue to play, which is a very, you know, high road move by Ishbia and a very, I think that's the competitive nature in him. I think a lot of owners sometimes would be like, or some people would be like, suspend him. But Ishbia's competitive nature, him being a former basketball player at Michigan State, wanting the best product out on the court, I think pushes that narrative. But I thought it was, I think that's a big story. Obviously, I mean, it's he, making headlines. He also, he also held on to the ball. So he was the initial instigation of the entire event that occurred. Yeah, I think Jokic went on a little aggressively for the ball. I agree, but like he had the full he had the full grasp on the ball. He's you he know also he also put his hand on Jokic's back. He touched first actually before. Look, there was a ma- a massive embellishment on on the falling back into the chair. The guy's played basketball before. He knows how to take a charge. He knows how to flop. So mm-hmm. got to give him a little credit there. Flop heard around the world. I would say um, shout out to the the other fan who actually reached across and touched Jokic. That guy got yanked. Uh, that he got, probably should he probably shouldn't have done that. He got yank yanked. He's he was removed from the arena. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he so do you remember my yeah Yankee, Yankee Doodle's definitely something different. The uh, do you do you remember what my initial diagnosis of that was on the Amazon show about the guy uh, that was getting escorted out? Yeah, I thought he was just getting another like double whiskey ginger. I thought he was going to cool off, but apparently well, his flag was up. Security yeah. was like, hey, man, why don't we get you another – let's just cool off. Let's get another drink. That's what you do to, like, your friend who's had way too many. It's been way over served. You're like, we'll get you another drink. Let me buy you one. I'll get it for you. And then you go and you get him a water and you put him in an Uber and send him home. And that's what mm. happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real Yankee deal right there. Uh, the, almost – there's a lot of stories. That I, I thought a lot of moments from that Nuggets Suns game. Did you guys see the clip with Jokic on the bench screaming? Yeah, I He's saw that. I saw crazy. the caption, which obviously like was not true, but it, it, most of the people were captioning it like, they only have two players. How is this happening? I just – it's so ridiculous that a guy can score 53 points in a playoff game and lose. I mean, Landry Schmidt went, went absolutely scorched earth off the bench out of nowhere. And 
I mean, he was no, he was, he's been, he had been nowhere to be really found the series. And he comes in off the bench and goes for 19. It's what six threes. A, he, that's how he does that, though. That's how he scores 15 plus points. He's a sniper. He's, he's ready to go from the three point line. He's got the green light. And when you play with guys like Booker and Kevin Durant, they demand a lot of attention. attention. And if you're a guy like Landry, you've got to be ready to shoot. He was ready to shoot and the shots were falling. So I'm not like, I'm not surprised by that. Um, it just, and at home too, you know, role players always shoot better at home. It's just, now it's a real series, 2-2. And they do not have an answer for Booker or for Kevin Durant, who, yeah, Jokic was unbelievable. He was incredible. And and Murray was good too. I mean, their one-two punch, like, they combined for 81 points. That's that's no small feat. Um but Booker had 12 assists along with his 36 points. And Michael Porter Jr. only had 11. Gordon only had 11. KCP had 10. They just needed, like, one other guy to kind of elevate his game to the level of Landry Shamit. I mean, it would have been beneficial if Porter Jr. and or Gordon had more than 11 points. Yeah. Stepped up as a three there. But that series all of a sudden is extremely interesting. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, they, they have no one that can guard – Booker, or really, they have no one they can even throw at him. He had thir- thirty-six and twelve is just an absolute dismantling of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, so it felt like it was it was kind of weird that the the Nuggets shot less threes than the Suns. Nuggets only shot twenty-two threes, and the you know in today's NBA, that's that's kind of an anomaly. Most teams are shooting at least thirty threes per game. Um, mm-hmm. The Suns, I, I bring them up, and they shot 29. They're not a team that shoots a lot of threes. Booker and Kevin Durant live in the mid-range. Um, so that I, – I don't know if that's a kind of defensive strategy that Monty is imploring to run guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray off the three-point line, um, but it, but it's working right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think – Porter Jr. shot the most threes on the team, and I don't necessarily think that's the situation you want to be in if you're in the Denver Nuggets. You ideally want Jamal Murray's Jamal Murray to be shooting the nine threes and Porter Jr. to be shooting the three or four three-pointers. Uh, I, don't, I, don't necessarily, Devin, I don't necessarily agree with that. But is Devin Booker playing the best basketball than anyone right now in the playoffs? Got to be, right? Averaging almost he, 37 points. I would say he and Jimmy Butler are the two best players in the playoffs right now. Yeah. And he's probably one. He's 1A to Butler's 1B just because of, I think, you know, if you took their averages and, and Butler missed the game too, right? Um, yeah. I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, he's been absolutely unbelievable. He's probably played his – this is the best – God damn it. ESPN, Jesus. So annoying. Uh, he's probably played the best basketball he's, he's played. Didn't even hear it. You guys didn't hear it. Had a melt, you just had a meltdown on air for no reason. Sorry. I mean, I, I hate when you go and I'm looking at ESPN. They play the random commercials, and it's like, give a little love. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. I'm just trying to look up some numbers. I was just double-checking in uh, on some stats. But, yeah, Booker has been unbelievable. I mean, Jokic has been great, too. You know, he's been really awesome as well. Um, and they, but both – a lot of these guys have put in, by and large, pretty good performances. Uh, Harden. You could even—I know he had a couple, he had two rough games, but he's had two games where he's taken down the Boston Celtics uh, and been the best player in the court in that series. And we could kind of, you know, jump and pivot to there. 
I was talking to our friend Abe this morning. Um, he, he said best two out of three for all the marbles, which was very interesting. Very it's true. It's a very interesting way to look at it. Um, he's a he's very anti Joe Missoula. Um, he like many people questioned the lack of a timeout call at the end of the game by Joe, uh, which I the more I thought about it, the more disappointing it was because it was apparent looking back on it that with around, you know, between 11 and eight seconds left in the game, he wasn't going to get the shot that he wanted Tatum and he wasn't going to get the look that he wanted and nothing was really developing. And he had two timeouts at that point and there was no shame in taking another timeout and, and reassessing what you had out there. You had done what you wanted to do and killed enough clock where, you, you know, you'd pretty much locked in the last shot which is fine, but locking in the last shot, killing the clock and not calling a timeout and letting your players play, especially when the narrative by one of your players this week had been that the offense was random. Not a very good look on Joe, in my opinion. Um, and from the Philly standpoint, Tucker did a great job defensively. Maxie and Harris were helpful in the doubles and Tatum Embiid is such a massive presence on the defensive side and so great from the line. And then Harden, you know, proving once again that he's going to have games where he goes two of 14, then he's going to have games where he's the best shooter, the best offensive player in the court. Um, dishing, rebounding, scoring at every level, major big-time threes, using using the draw that Embiid has to his advantage and capitalizing. Um, I found it to be a very – very disheartening performance for a Celtics team who once again, yes, they were down most of the game, but by, by the end of the game, they had regained the lead and they were up a few points, four points, five points. And then the narrative quickly switched to the Sixers blowing it to the Celtics. Once again, not being able to close, but they head back to home court. So they got to feel good about that. And, uh, Philly has had to do some extraordinary things in uh, in the games where they've won. So mm-hmm. I feel like Celtics just have to – they got to play their game. They got to stay, stay tight as a team, as a unit, and play clean basketball, not get into foul trouble early, not turn the ball over, do all the little things. It's got to come from – it's got to come from the players, man. And that's what it did last year too, like – Marcus and Jalen, like those were the guys that were vocal. I think Ime was really vocal and really critical of them in the regular season. Remember how much like that that was a conversation about that team, how how into these players he was digging and how it kind of changed the foundation and the mindset of the team because they had a really rocky start last year in the regular season, the first couple of months, and then they turned it around and in the playoffs they were ready to play. Mm-hmm. Took down the Bucks. Even though they didn't have Middleton, they did what needed to be done to get to the finals. They didn't have the experience of playing in the finals like the Warriors did. So you can't can't knock them for that, right? And now here they are. It's a new head coach, but I think it's just the players have to kind of – they have to take over the narrative once again and, and, and <laughs> almost like bump your coach out of the way a little bit. He gave them the room to do that in, in that final play when he, he basically left it up to the players to go and kind of get their last bucket. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Nick? I was going to say, speaking of the Warriors-Lakers, 
you guys can go to the game tonight for as low as $348. I'm actually surprised it's not more than that. Is that the is that the That's nosebleed? Got, yeah, that I mean it just has tickets as low as $348 on vivid seats. So I'm sure like that's probably like the bottom right now for nosebleeds. Like back up against the back wall. Yeah, I mean I could take a look at like what the average is. Um court side yeah, is... yeah. All, all of the nosebleeds are like between the 300 and 400 500 range i mean i'm looking at the 100 sections 2300 dollars 1900 dollars 1600 dollars 2200 dollars like who is paying for these aaron Cohn. <laughs> wild delayed show yeah, uh, there's the 23. They're listed. I'm looking at the highest listed ones. So vivid seats behind the um, the basket, like the floor seats behind the basket, starting at 17 grand. What? Yeah. Or just courtside, starting so, at 17 grand. So in situations like that, someone already has the seat, right? And like. No one's actually gonna buy yeah. that seat. This is this is like on aftermarket. The highest one I see right now is forty eight grand. That's wild. That's just like, hey, I'm there to like be on TV. So, I don't they give a lot of those tickets yeah, though to I, like celebrities? Are, yeah, and they're like being given away. Like those people don't even have to buy them. Mm. I would expect. Yeah. Um, kind of wild. Uh, let's talk about that series though. Like, there's two two one series tonight. You got Heat up on the Knicks, and you got Lakers up on the Warriors. Where do you guys see this going? Who's under more pressure, Warriors or Knicks? Um, what do you guys? What, what's the outcome you guys want to see, and what's the outcome you guys expect? Um, pressure wise. I'd say probably the Knicks are under more pressure just because, like, you know, they're playing against an eight seed. Um, I mean, Golden State's won so many titles already that, I mean, I know it's a new year, but, like, the Knicks have still just been trying to get over the hump for years. Um, I think I want New York to win, and I think I want the Lakers to win because I think ultimately that'd be a really fun finals. It's not going to happen, I'm just saying. like it'd be fun to see like Boston in LA or New York in LA or some some semblance of that. I would say in the individual game itself, there's more pressure in my mind on the Warriors because I think their opponent is better. Uh, I think that the Knicks, well, well the, first off, the Knicks weren't supposed to be here. Like no one expected them to. Not nece- not necessarily get to the second round. I think some people had projected that, but I don't think many people had them going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I know that they're playing an eight seed in, in Miami, but it's Jimmy Butler, it's Eric Spolstra. Spoh's won multiple championships. He's in my mind the best coach in the in the NBA currently, and I think that they have roster wise. I still believe that their roster through and through has more talent on it doesn't mean that they're gonna win the game they're down in the series mm-hmm. but i think the it's a real uphill battle right now for the warriors because mm-hmm. 
You got you're playing against LeBron James. You're playing against Anthony Davis. Uh, James? Anthony Davis on any on any di- given night could be the best player on the court. And that's saying something because you're the Warriors. You have Steph Curry, mm. and that team's really really deep. So I, I, to me, it feels like there's more pressure and just the legacy element. We talked about this last week. Like for Steph, he's for a lot of people all time basketball players between seven and ten, five and ten. He needs the series. He, he needs to beat LeBron to continue to to climb up the ladder, and yeah, it's a it's a tough place to play. That that stadium is going to be rocking. It's going to be packed, even though these tickets are inordinately expensive. It will be a full full house, and there's going to be a lot of booze when Draymond steps out on the court, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. So I I feel like there's a little bit more pressure on the Warriors here. Um, Although do, I, I do think that if the Warriors go down 3-1, I think they have a better chance at coming back as opposed to the Knicks going down 3-1. I think if the Knicks go down 3-1, this series is over. There's no way they win. Um, I think if the, if the Warriors go sure. down 3-1, it's slim chances that they come back. I'd still expect the Lakers to win. But you wouldn't but, put that past Steph. Yeah, sliv- sliver of hope. It'd be but pretty he's poetic. done that before. It'd be poetic, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's done that before, though. He's beaten KD. He took down the, the. That's how the Thunder collapsed. Right. He took that. They were the seventy-three win Warriors round three-one to the Thunder, and he came all the way back, beat them, and he just just dismantled that that duo and took down that franchise. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I obviously want New York to win. Um, I think it's a better storyline. It's more fun. But we've said it. Jimmy Butler's been the one B, one A at certain points in the playoffs. Um, so when you have the best player on the court, in my opinion, you have the better chance to win more more often than not. And he, with head and shoulders, to me, is the best player in that basketball court in a given night. I think the Warriors Lakers series is fun. I think this Lakers team, you know, again they had such a horrible start, but this is kind of where we expected them to be. Like we thought they were going to have a bounce back year. We thought they were going to be contending for a title. So at full health with the moves they've made, I'm not necessarily surprised that we're in this position where they could go up 3-1 on the Warriors and take them down. Um, I would love for that series to go seven. I think that'd be extremely exciting for the narrative of LeBron versus Steph. And we brought up the narrative of, oh, can Steph jump LeBron? Can Steph enter that upper echelon of like top three, top four guys where many people don't have him? But on the inverse, you know, it'll be very interesting to see LeBron, who isn't the best player on his team, but we'll see how he continues to play. And if he could have put together a game or two uh, to close him out, they beat him like in a gentleman's sweep, what that does for his narrative to still be like, you know, I run things around here. Um, But both games are really exciting. Um, Obviously, Draymond Green has made a lot of noise. He recaps every game on his podcast, for better or for worse. and he's given really good insight, uh, which is something I think we've never seen before in anything, in any form of media. Um, so I, I appreciate that, um, whether he's polarized or not. And then with the Knicks, I still think Randall, we're, we're kind of back to where we were a couple of years ago with Randall having a great regular season and then being really subpar and disappointing in the playoffs. So they might be in a position where they have to trade Randall come summer. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little – the criticism's a little unfair given that he's hurt right now. Um, I know the conversation was pretty similar 
before the playoffs even started, though. I mean, I think, Josh, you and I might have been talking about it. Like, is is that enough? We never really thought that was enough that Brunson, Randall, and RJ no. want to contend, truly contend. Um, so if you move off Randall, I mean, how, how much are you getting? Are, are, you, are you moving off – are you packaging Randall and RJ together? That way you avoid giving up picks. You keep IQ off the bench, who could be a six-man of the year. You keep Brunson. It's just at that point, who can you go out and get? We kind of – we were going back and forth and contending yesterday um, who – what the Clippers can do. Can they get rid of Kawhi? Yeah, can I they... was about to say that, that – maybe there's your Kawhi package. Or honestly, maybe maybe there's your Paul George Paul George package. package. That's what I was yeah. getting to, yeah. Paul George for the Knicks and Brunson would be fun. And his injuries are le- his injuries are more one offs, um, but veering away. Uh, Do you guys watch the F one race? Do you guys catch that or catch the results of that? No, catch us up to speed. For stopping started in the ninth slot, one. Which, to me, that sport was so exciting with the TV series and that had such a good push and had such a, when, you know, people getting into it and it was an awesome avalanche and snowball effect, but, but it's now no parody. The like same guy, same two guys win every time. Both yeah, that, guys. That was the same thing though, when the show was airing as well. I mean, it was Lewis Hamilton winning almost every single time. And then the Stappen, was young and he was coming up and then he started to win and then kind of t- like flip the tide a little bit. Yeah. I, to me, you know, I would love to see more parody. I would love to go into a race watching this and being like, okay, one of the Red Bull guys is, there's a chance one of the Red Bull guys doesn't podium. He was plus 125 to win a, a race, which is kind of crazy. He was almost even money to win an F1 race. So I thought, while the sport's exciting, the scene is exciting, I would love to see some parity in the sport, um, you know, mix up at Red Bull. Another major race that went down this weekend, the Kentucky Derby. Mage takes it. We know people – you could – we knew a lot of people who were betting on Mage and Nick. You were like, why did so many people know to do this? I think it's because they have this thing where you can buy a part of the horse. Many people, yeah, the Commonwealth, joint Commonwealth, and many people were invested and, you know, yeah, bought in at the good odds. I wish I would have known before that. Like, I only heard about it until after it happened. I mean, obviously, I, you know, probably could have paid attention a little bit more on social media, but you know, it's a big weekend, and we know many people that technically had ownership in that horse um, saw it all over social media. Toss, you had a big bet. Got him at nine one odds. Yeah, that that was. I did not know that our we had a group of friends who were invested in this horse. I just did a little bit of research once. Uh, Forte dropped out of the race, and Mage had run him really, really close recently. Um, it's kind of an up and coming horse, and so that's took. I took a swing. It paid out for me. But those guys, I mean, they they even had like merch. They had our, our buddies yeah, had hats, hats yeah. on that said Mage. 
Um, they were going absolutely nuts after well, they won. We we had buddies actually sitting in the real owner's box, like not like the Commonwealth owners, like like the actual horse owner's box, right? Yes. Settlement. Settlement was there. Lieberman's were there. Potter was there. They were all like in the winner's circle. Like Lieberman, he's is this second year in a row of picking the winning horse? Okay. Yes, but he didn't pick it last year. Zach did. Stryker picked it off the name because his grandfather's nickname was the name of the horse. Rich got it. So he went because no, because and no shake on Ryan because what he did this year was awesome again. Like, and he had a very fantastic. He's one of our buddies who's a really good better. Great football season. Apparently, he's been a little weak in hockey and basketball. That's what happens. You get overzealous. It tidy evens out. But he's had a really good football season, and he hits bets like this. But la- he would never have taken it last year because it was the long. Sh- he was the long shot. He was like the, the longest odds, and they just did it as a joke. Um, but but yeah. he's won two years in a row. He now he's won two years. He's in gotten a row. paid two years in a row in the Kentucky Derby. He's plus money. He is that, that plus money is is an understatement. He's well, he's, that, I mean, he's nearing he down payment money. He had a good football season. <laughs> he's won two Kentucky Derbies in a row. That just goes to show. But he's but he's having a rough NHL and a rough NBA. There's a lot more games in the NHL and the NBA. I think he'll be all right. More opportunities to to even things out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 everyone. You always end up on top. But he. But the NHL and the I think the NHL and the NBA is tougher to bet in my opinion. NFL like as the season goes on, you know, with injuries. Um, you know, and the way we kind of got in the rhythm of like calling it out, like you could definitely get, you could definitely get in the zone in football, which we will get to, you know, in a few short months, we'll be back. We'll be back in the saddle on fantasy football. I've already seen like the fantasy football mock drafts of the rookies, the fantasy football mock drafts, um, you know, for dynasty leagues where Bijan's falling. And we kind of touched upon that. I think last week at one point we discussed like where you guys would take him uh, in drafts. So I found that to be particularly particularly interesting. Um, Otani making history, joining Babe Ruth. Only players ever, 100 home runs, 500 strikeouts. Who's better, Otani the pitcher or Otani the hitter, as it stands today? I, I honestly think the pitcher. I, I think I, I thought it was the hitter at first when he first hopped on the scene, but what he's doing right now, pitching – you know, in this day and age when there's so many good hitters, um, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. He he's he's been he has been nothing short of remarkable once again. And I've heard and you guys know me, I was one of the guys in the initial bump to be like, Hey, let's this guy's gonna have to pick a side. Yeah. Right. He's gonna have to make a decision at some point or another of whether he wants to be a pitcher, whether he wants to be a hitter. And he's going to have to pick a side. But quite frankly, you know, people have come up to me recently and, and have had the same same sentiment. And I've been like, no, like this guy could – he could keep doing it this – at least for now. This He's doing it both at such a high clip. Like it'd be, it'd be foolish to pull him off of one. Especially, you know, like you're saying, Nick, like the value of a pitcher these days, like a lot of guys can rake. A lot right. of guys can hit. Like having a really dominant ace, especially for an Angels franchise that has been starved of one for there's there's like less than 10, 10 of them right now. Yeah. Um, I am not so sure that he'll be on another team by the end of the season. 
I mean, yeah. they're, they're three games above 500 in a pretty wide open division. I know your Rangers are at the top there right now, Toss. But, I mean, there are four teams in that division right now that are just neck and neck. And, look, if the Angels stay in this hunt, you know, two, three games out around the trade deadline, like, this is their last shot with Trout and Otani. So, mm-hmm. I think they're going to hold on to it and see if they can just make it happen. They might be buyers that too i mean as it stands right now like looking at looking at the standings the al east is ridiculous everyone's above 500 the yankees are in last with at 18 and 17 they'd be they'd be in second in the central they'd be in third in the west they'd be in second in the nl east and the other two divisions in the nl they'd be like in third be tied with you they're the same record as you guys nick um I'm I'm just looking at who's going to be selling come the deadline and like I don't know that many teams will. I think they were saying it last night on the um Sunday night baseball telecast that this year there's just so much like good to average teams, like there's a lot of teams in the mix that there's really going to be only a couple of teams selling and a couple people available. Mm-hmm. Um I mean obviously you can like, you know, scratch the bottom of the barrel like Colorado and Cincinnati and Washington and you know Oakland and Kansas City and Chicago um but other than that I mean a lot of those teams as well have such a young core that like they're not looking to like really sell anyone they're looking to like get younger and there's just not a ton of you know vets on their roster or you know assets that can go elsewhere I'm sure like we'll see a lot of relievers fly off the boards and stuff like that because like those are always yeah but like in terms of like, you know, true middle of the lineup type guys, like I don't necessarily know there's gonna be that many. I mean, like what what can Colorado realistically do? I mean, CJ Crone, Charlie Blackman, like no one's taken on Chris Bryant's contract, like um, you know, the Reds, like they don't really have a ton of like vets, you know, like their lineup is pretty young. Um, same thing with the Nationals. I mean, who, I mean, Oakland, I guess, has a couple of guys that are popping off, but like they're young as well, you know, might as well just hang on to them. Chicago White Sox, I think, might be the biggest seller. Yeah. I was, that's who I, I was on the nose who I was looking at. Cause uh, you mentioned the, the, first of all, the Royals are young and they were going to want to keep it young. Vinny mm-hmm. P has been on fire. Bobby Witt's been very disappointing, but he's still a, a massive young piece. And then on the pitching yet, the A's are so bad. It's like, who do you even want from that team? Like, yeah. They suck. Like, who are you, who are you going to realistically go and get? The Rockies, Crone, Brian signed the long deal there. He, he's been good. You could, from the Reds, get India if he's, like, not in the timeline. But that White Sox team, like, just, just if Dylan Cease turns it around, does he become available? Giolito, Lance Lynn. Well, I mean, look, I think you're, you got to, like, like what we were just saying, that not too many teams are going to be sellers. So, the White Sox can be in a position where they can probably get more Mm -hmm. for some of these guys, you know, like the value couldn't be higher right now because there's just not enough out there, right? Like Mm -hmm. demand is so high, but there's just not enough supply. So like if they can sell high, you know, on, you know, Lance Lynn or Giolito, um, you, you mentioned Cease, you know, obviously like Grandal, like, people always need catchers, you know, Tim Anderson. I know he's getting up there in age, but like, he's always a good guy to have in your lineup, you know, 
Benintendi, you know, I don't know if they'd let go of Luis Robert because, you know, he's technically like their young superstar that still hasn't really like fully popped off to his potential, but he might be the only untouchable in there. I mean, that whole could team they, was like, yeah, sorry, Alex. Could they also, could they stay the course a little? Like it's so early still. They're so we, bad. I know they They're getting Liam Hendricks scored, back. Scored 17 <sighs> runs last night. When the, when the lineup is right, it's right. And I look, maybe maybe we wait a month to see on this team because there were teams that started slow last year and turned things around. And, and maybe who's their manager? Um, they switched it up. They did so, going into this season. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got rid of. I mean, Tony Larusso drank himself out of of a job last year. Uh, Pedro uh, Griefel. Yeah, who are you? Uh... <laughs> He uh, he played in the. He definitely played in the bigs. Here's he was the. He won the World Series. He was a bench coach. Uh, he was a coach for the Royals. He won the World Series with them. Oh, so he's got right. some. Got some experience. Cardinals um, are down there too, though. I mean, if they don't turn around quick enough, like they could be sellers. I don't know if they're like selling Arenado and Goldschmidt, but I mean, there's some guys on that roster that can potentially you know move around. Um, I would be yeah. intrigued. There are guys, but I, first of all, Arenado's contract is pretty hefty, so he might be a little cumbersome to move. Yeah, well, it was he, hefty in Colorado too, and they moved it. Yeah, but he was playing better than he was now. He's not having. He's having a. He is having a rocky start, like his team. Yeah. So he's having a rocky start. I mean, the White Sox just you know not spend too much time on them, but they're just looking at them realistically. Like they are. A full a team full of guys that were supposed to be so good and such game changers, and almost none of them have really reached their potential. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of wild to, to watch. But yeah, I mean the MLB. I, I mean I think you're right, Nick. If the Angels are hovering around 500, then there's no way they're gonna, for the minimum, like risk ticket sales to go get Otani. But even if they did, wouldn't it be wild if like the Rays did it for a rental? The Rays, yeah, I mean that would be wild, but I don't know. Are you a, are you a straw in the water bottle type of guy, now, Josh? Always been. If I have a straw. I You've a always straw. been a straw in the water bottle type. Of guy. Yeah, that I just is, took it. That's, I just, that's I just, day one. That's a bold faced lie, sir. I just that's not true. I always fill my coffee uh, things with water so I can drink with a straw. After I've seen you physically crush a water bottle in your hand multiple yeah. times because you chugged it so fast i've done i don't chug your water as much anymore honestly but, but I, I have done that involved. no so i have a, I, the straw's a new addition in the past year i'd say I become more of a straw in the water bottle guy got it okay can i give you guys just a fun little ranger fact of the day please sure uh they have 221 runs through the first 33 games of the season, which is mm -hmm. a club record, and it's the most by any team since the year 2000. Mm. Are you going to ask uh, us who that team was? The, the Rays are at 225 runs. so Different amount of games, I believe. No? Or maybe uh, you guys have played. Record. You guys have played 30 or 40. Wait, you guys have played 33 games, and they have played uh, 35. 35. There you go. Um, so I you actually don't, don't get shut know, out. I actually don't know Josh who held the record. 
prior. I'm probably like I think it might have been one of the teams in your division. I would imagine. Well, couldn't it be? Couldn't it be the A's, two thousand A's, like the Mariners, like some Jason Giambi steroid era BS. Um, maybe it could be. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find out right now. I'm just curious. Yankees, maybe. It's curious. Yeah, I'm so curious. I'm just a curious guy. Um, you got some games for us? Tostas, yeah. yeah. I, I do have a game for you guys. I will. I have a couple of games. The first one that Love we games. play because we were talking about the MLB is a little guess the team game that I've put together. Mm. So what I will do is I will give you five players from a team. But after I give you one player, you each have to take a guess. You only get one guess. You don't get to rattle off three teams. Josh is going to smoke me because he's been playing fantasy this year, and that like really opens up your eyes to who else is out there. Dude, you might take me down. You follow I, just as much as I do. Don't do it with this. I tried. I follow my team more than more than anything. But like, you you see like who's available on the free agent market all the time. And yeah, like, but I'm not looking at the, I'm not looking at the scrubs. Yeah, let's let me let me clarify here. No so, offense to the guys playing. Right, the guys that are going to be listed, I am going to go worst player to best player or least recognizable player on that team to most recognizable player got it and even the guys that i'm picking as the most recognizable player is not like you you'll both be able to know exactly who the team is once i get to the the last guy name got it but my intention is to make it quite difficult before we get there um so we'll try it out and we'll see and maybe we won't play this game again because josh is He's too in the weeds on the on the transaction wire. In I might not be, dude. I might not be. All Let's right. do it. Okay. So you each get one guess after I say each individual. Okay. First team. Cooper Criswell. <laughs> you want to go first or should I go first? You give it a shot first, dude. Cooper Criswell. Is a member of the Detroit Tigers. Okay. Josh? Marlins. Nope. Zach Birdie. Um, should we snake it? Yeah, Josh, yeah, go Zach Birdie. He sounds. Zach Birdie. You know what? Zach Birdie sounds like a White Sox. Okay, he is not. Nick? Um, Baltimore Oriole. Incorrect. Birdie. I might give two here because you guys have guessed four total teams, and I don't want you to run out of teams. Mm. Okay. Jose Siri and Luke Riley. Oh, is that – that's the, uh, the Astros, right? No, wait, he was, on, uh, he was on the Astros last year. Is it the Rays? It is the Rays. My last, my final guy was going to be Brandon Lau, which, of course, I think would have brought it home for you guys. Um, okay, moving on to another team here. Cody, Bolt, <laughs> Cody Bolton. Oh, man. Go ahead, Josh. That, you guys sounds like a royal. He's not. By the way, like um, 
these guys are relievers who have pitched like two innings. Like they Gi- uh, Giants. No. Uh Johan Ramirez. Uh the Reds. Incorrect. Uh Brewers. Incorrect. Tucupita? Marcano. I know this. Go ahead, Josh. Rockies? Pirates. Nick, let's go. It's 1-1. One, one. We traded the Pirates. Ding, 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 ding. They, uh, there you go. Look, Nick, so many guys come to the podcast. Joe Mastro deal, baby. You there might you be go. in the air. The next go. two, I was going to list her, Miguel Andujar and then Connor Joe. Now, this is the tiebreaker. I only I only picked three teams here. This is working out perfectly. Josh is taking a sip from his straw. Nick with the T-Vana, not a sponsor, but could T-Java, T-Java. Oh, T-Java, my bad, T-Java. Cheddar Joe's. Unsweet? Unsweet. Flavored or no flavored? Nope, just original black tea. There you go. Okay, Brandon Hughes. The Rangers. Incorrect. The New York Mets. Incorrect. Brad Boxberger. Former Padre. He's been on like 95 teams. He has. Marlins. Nope. He's been on them that recently. Brewers. Oof, incorrect. But he's been on them recently too. Okay, so as I get to the third player, because we're in the tie break, I'm giving, I'm I'm opening the floor to both of you. We don't have to wait for each other. Okay. Luis Torrens. Oh, he was on the Mariners. Is he still on the Mariners? Incorrect. Is he on the Twins? Also no. former Padre, by the way. He is not. Matt Mervis. Cubs. Yeah. I was going to say Cubs, too, because you said, ooh. On the Brewers? Walking. Yeah. Yeah, I indicated. I gave the, a little but, but, then, but then you said Torrens, and I was like, wait, is he still on the Great on game. The Mariners. And then the favorite Mervis. player I was going to say was Cody Bellinger. Um, Cubs is a – Mervis is a big call-up. That was a fantasy baseball – fantasy baseball helpful. Moment. Well, I'm glad I picked I a couple of is. guys who had bounced around, like Boxberger. Really good. Those are tough. Really good. Really yeah, good. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's literally playing. He's, he's Octavia detailing it. Uh, was there one more game you have for us because you're the yeah, game master? Yeah, I did master? another game, and I, I wanted to kind of start implementing this game on our Monday show. Uh, Hold on, we're... real quickly. Do you guys know how many oh, yeah. teams Boxberger's been on? Eight. Eleven. He's been on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. Started his career at the Padres. Who hasn't? Apparently. He was an all-star in 2015, AL save leader. No, he was the Rays. What, he's what was these. his longest stint somewhere? Um, the Rays. Rays. 2014 through 17. He threw an immaculate inning on May 8th. Today! 2014. Oh, wow. Nine-year so anniversary. Immaculate inning, for those who don't know, is three up, three down, three strikes each batter. Yep, nine strikes. We got to bet on the Rays today if they're playing. Yeah, bet on it. Uh, bet I'm online. sure their odds are not great. Yeah, go to bedonline.ag. All right, yeah. final game. Quick yeah, final, final game. game. Uh, it's going to be a Monday recurring. It might change shows uh, after we unfortunately have to put Succession to rest, but we are all watching Succession on Sunday nights. It's one of our favorite shows. Episode 7 came out 
last night, uh, it was epic. It was fun. It was exciting. It was a good time. We, uh, but my game is Succession. Guess the quote. I will give you the quote, and you will tell me who said it. This is not necessarily from last night's episode, because I figured that'd be a little too easy as it's fresh in your mind. It's more so just general succession quotes. Um, okay, I will kick it off. And I will do no indication with my voice for this one. Josh, you will guess first. Nick, you will guess second. I'm not saying I'd make a better CEO. That's unsaid. Jerry. No. It's a good guess, though. Thank you. Carl. No. See, this one, this is a comedic one. This is a funny one. That's why I picked it. It's Greg. Uh, Roy. Connor. Oh, Connor. Oh, okay, you're going to give us after one guess. Okay, yeah. Connor Roy. He's hysterical. I just wonder if the sad I'd be without you is less than the sad I get from being with you. Tom. That, hey, it's my turn, bro. I'm sorry. It's Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call back <laughs> to last night's episode. As one point for me. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> one point for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Nick, Nick, you guess first on this one. Uh, <laughs> you look like a dildo dipped in beard trimmings. That kind of sounds like Roman. It is, in fact, Roman. Talking about Josh? Who's he talking about? Kendall. He's That's talking it. about Stewie. Stewie. Oh. Uh... Okay. okay. Kind of a nice. Where are you finding these, by the way? IMDb? Just on the, just on the interwebs, man. Let's go. Not, not all from IMDb. I, I hit up a, a few different sources. They call Gil meth head santa because he so rarely delivers <laughs> josh oh my god um gil meth head santa because he so rarely delivers. oh it's tough that is so Nick, um frank no not frank is it stewie it is not Stewie. That was another guess. It's Hugo. Hugo with the <laughs> zinger. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's another one. You don't hear much about syphilis these days. Very much the MySpace of STDs. Frank. Uh, no, sorry, Carl. Carl. Not Carl. Greg. Nah, Tom. Tom. Oh, I would I say Carl, Carl maybe doesn't know enough about MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Or syphilis. No, he didn't know syphilis oh, for Carl sure. Syphilis. Okay, this one, uh, I forget. Carl loves brothels. Profanity, but we're just going to try it. Uh, he ate my fucking chicken. What's next? Stick his cock in my potato salad? That's that's Logan, right? That is Logan, yeah. In, Logan. And who is he talking about, Josh? He ate my fucking the Madsen? He's talking about Tom. Tom. It's an early season when Tom is like getting more involved and he's literally like eating chicken at one of their dinner parties. Um, you're not Logan, and that's a good thing. Oh, Nate last night. Yeah, Nate from last but night. But he goes, I'm not Gil, and you're right. not Logan. And that's, that's a good, good thing. 
And I thought that was uh, from a from a tertiary character like Nate, a really good line, really powerful line, meant a lot, and uh, really affected Kendall, for sure. You know what's but, funny is that Nate is like obviously someone that you're not supposed to like, but he seems like one of the most level-headed people in the show. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. He's, He's not anger. up for the shenanigans that everyone else is, and neither was Gil, if you remember from season one. It wasn't Correct. about he didn't he didn't want the involvement of Logan. He just wanted Shiv to work on his team and play by yep. the rules. Got any more? Or is that it? That's it. That that concludes the game, and that also concludes the episode for today. I think. Yeah. Done. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly ask you guys in the succession, just quickly down the line, who did you maybe feel worse for? Who won the Shiv Tom argument? Or there are no winners? It's just losers. No one wins. I thought I thought Tom was more right but it doesn't make him more of a winner. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought, I thought it, deep, it, hurt, it deeply saddened me. And I thought by both actors, it was a great, it was a great travel and a great journey through the episode that they mm-hmm. took us on. Yeah. Really strong. I thought it was, it was a terrible gift that he gave her though. Horrible. Never give your significant other a scorpion and say that she reminds you of a scorpion. It's just a terrible idea. Horrible, horrible idea. Um, well, gents, we'll see you guys tomorrow on May 9th when Brock, when Brad Boxberger did not deliver the immaculate inning. Hit your free throws because they're free. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.